This is Lee Ridley. Uh, I was lucky enough to achieve two promotions with Scunford United, but nothing compares to the joy I experience when listening to the Aryan Hour podcast. Just a heads up, this podcast contains strong language. You know the good stuff. If this isn't for you, turn off now. For the rest of you, now fucking enjoy the podcast. Right, thanks for tuning in then to another edition of the Iron Hour podcast. I'm Barra. I'm just joined by one other person today, just Mark. I say just Marco. It's never just Marco, is it? It's myself and Marco today. We're a couple of people down on our usual pod, but we want to get something out. We've noticed a few people online have been asking for some content, so we thought we'd we'd do something. So let's kick off then, Marco, straight into it, if that's okay. And the three games really that happened over the festive period, the uh, the game at Buxton to kick us off. I can't remember if you was there, so I'll probably just run through the events. It was pretty uneventful, really. Nil-nil, uh, not much happened, um, other than Danny Whitehall absolutely being a shit house, And uh, no fan trouble. The the police kind of threatened to keep us behind, but that, that never happened. And then moving on then quickly to the Boxing Day fixture, which I know you were at. Um, 2-0 victory at home to Farsi Celtic. Can you break that one down for me? Yeah. Um, Happy New Year, everyone. We haven't done a podcast since either. Um, so, yeah, Farsi at home. It was one of them where you sort of over-egged. And like I find myself this season, coming away a bit, not disheartened, uh, underwhelmed, despite winning. Um, it was very obvious what Farsi were going to do. You can't. You can't be good for that. They're obviously not going to come and go toe-to-toe. Um, they were two solid banks of four. And, yeah, there were no surprises, really. Um, going in 0-0 at half-time was a bit concerning because you thought, are they going to get that lucky break? Obviously, they hit a post in the first half, um, which Fitzsimmons seemed to be really confident about leaving, <laughs> which I didn't really get. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those where we've had it previously this year where we've just got the job done without actually playing well, which is what I think... This year with our squad, uh, our quality enables to do that. Mm. I could see Jason Logger on the score sheet just after the second half kicked off. I think it was the the 52nd minute. And then Danny, Danny Whitehall again on the score sheet just after the hour mark. How impressed are you with Danny Whitehall so far this season when it comes to his goal scoring? Yeah, he seems to be he seems to be Marmite, doesn't he? He seems to be uh, dividing support. Some love him, some hate him. And I can see why. Um He's, he's got 14, 14, 15 goals. Yeah, 14 so, goals, I mean, yeah. His goal return's great. Um, but, I mean, you'd argue majority of strikers would the goal return would be great in that team yeah. this year. Um, I think that showed on Saturday, obviously, we will talk about it, but with Danny Elliott getting put in through the middle, managed to grab two goals. I do think there's not really many of Danny Whitehall's goals where you'd say it was down to his quality. He's just sort of been in the right place, right time. Um, I do think he's key to how we play. Um, regarding the target man I think Jimmy Dean said he, he stressed that a lot like we do play to Danny Whitehall strengths getting crossed into the box um, is gen, general shithousery um, but yeah I I think we're a lot better with Whitehall than without even though I do like Elliot and I like Elliot through the middle as well but I, I, I would be starting Danny Whitehall every game yeah, but I'd probably take the opposite opinion. I'm, I'm more in the uh, Elliot camp, to be honest. I think sometimes Elliot's first touch is possibly what lets him down. It bobbles away, but I would say he's more of a clinical finisher. However, I think the thing is with Whitehall, you know he's going to get in those areas to score goals. You know, you said right place, right time. That's not luck, is it? You know, he's, he's an absolute... Um, 
uh, you know, an absolute bagsman, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a poacher, he, he, yeah. and he's a seriously good one at that, you know, for this level. So, yeah, we, we, we win 2-0, kind of in control, really, throughout the whole of the game. I can't recall any time we was under the cosh, other than, you know, like you say, them hitting the post. We kind of just controlled the game, did did enough and a, a little bit more without really getting out of second, third gear. I don't want to say I'm worried, but it seems every time, you know, we have a conversation, whether it's on the pod or off the pod, you and I are always saying things like, we're not really getting out of first, second gear. We kind of seem to be going through the motions. We seem to be just getting over the line. Now, on one hand, that's great because we're finding ways to win and get results. But on the other hand, I feel like there's so much more to come from this team. Oh, 100%. Uh, you mentioned Law uh, in the Faza game. I was really impressed with him. I, in fact, out in the, in the wide position, he's probably my favourite player. I think he's been really unlucky. I know he picked up an injury, didn't he? Um, even for our last, but yeah, it's been brilliant. But like you said, regarding not coming out of gears, I think it's because of what we were doing earlier on in the seasons where mm. we were punishing teams, and you could see like the complete performance was there. So there was the four nils, the six nils, and not that we began to expect that, but now you can just see something's I don't know what it is. Like you said, we shouldn't, I don't think it's time to worry yet. We'll see what happens no. tonight. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I really, I just think there's something, and I don't know what it is. There's just something missing, um, and I, I couldn't tell you what that is because we've had the same eleven as we've been winning with the six nils and the four nils. There's just something not clicking. But like, like we've said, the quality that we've got in the team, it's put, it's pulling us through games. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's time for alarm bells just yet. Um, but it'd be interesting to see. We've got a really yeah, besides, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to Tamworth. I want to play those big teams at home, like we did with South Shields. Um, when they, they they're going to attack us, they're going to come to us. Thinking the Boston game at the weekend, mm. uh, it's not the result we wanted, but it's it's actually nice to see a team come out. I mean, that game should have been over in the first half. It should be falling up and game yeah. over. But um, yeah, it, like you said, it's worrying, but I'm I'm not too worried just yet. And then we we followed that that two nil up at, at home to Farsley with a two nil away at Farsley, didn't we? You know, Will Evans getting on the score sheet in the first half after a mad goal mouth scramble. Uh, that was one of the best goals I've ever seen live. Best away day. What what a yeah. day! Uh, from early morning, just seeing all the Scunthorpe fans, and again, I don't want to get soppy, but from where we've been in the last couple of years, to then go and see. Um, to see the Pfizer ground that full and just overran with Scunthorpe fans. It was so good to see. Um, the, the football just topped it off. I mean, it was it wasn't one for the ages, let's be honest. I mean, the pitch, pitch was, was real, dreadful. Yeah. yeah, the pitch was a leveller. I mean, you, you could have put us against any team two, three divisions below and it wouldn't have mattered. It was a real leveller. Um, fortunately, we got the first goal because I think if not, it would have been a dog fest. Um, dog fest, slug fest, <laughs> dog eat dog. Because, um, yeah, I mean, towards the end of the game, it was unplayable, let's be honest. I mean, which I think contributed to their um, second red card. Mm. Uh, where they just took him and, I mean, there were no, were no complaints. It was a red card. Yeah. So it's not um, the kind of surface you want your keeper doing back heels in the six yard box, is it? Let's be honest. Not, no. <laughs> Good job, Fitzsimmons didn't do that. Yeah, no, this it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't great. My heart was definitely not in my mouth. <laughs> no, and then um, good to see 
you know, Finch Rimpton get on the score sheet at the end just to kind of ease the nerves because really we have to be honest here and Farsley had a really good spell in that second half kind of from, from 45 to probably 75, 80 minutes where they were definitely on top and to be honest, we were on the ropes and you felt a second goal in the game was coming but you thought it was going to be Farsley. Yeah, 100%. Farsley had that spell which Boston had uh, over the weekend uh, but the difference with obviously Boston took the chance. Um Anything could have happened within those 20 minutes. You you were sort of like, God, here we go. Uh, because, but if even if they had a equalise, I feel like it was an, an unfair reflection. Yeah. Due to us, that wasn't really a football game, was it? No, it was, it, was, it was awful. Yeah, it was terrible. That is one of them where I think Jimmy probably just gets them in at the end, like, job done. Like, you it can't was, be able was, to take yeah. them away. It was like Dunkirk, mate, at times. <sighs> it was awful. Terrible. But like you said, so happy for Shrimpton because um, like I said, I've seen Pews back as well. I think it's important that you keep a local lads yeah. in the team, in the squad. Um, Shrimpton has to find himself unlucky, but we've got so much quality in centre mid. Yeah. Um, I think at the start of the season, we thought Shrimpton was a shoo-in um, to play all season. So, but yeah. And then... Yeah, yeah. just moved on then to the game on Saturday was obviously, if you alluded to, the Lincolnshire derby. 2-2 draw against Boston. We had the lead twice in that game and kind of chucked it away twice, which is seriously disappointing. Good to see Danny Elliott getting two goals, uh, getting on the score sheet, as you say, getting chucked back up front. So it was really good to see him score against his old team as well. How did you break that game down? I can cheese, won't it? <laughs> it's, the, it's the old tale of two halves it's, we should have been out of sight should have been free yeah. four nil. Um, there were no excuses like you said Daniel good to see him get two goals I thought he had a good game to be fair I thought like you said he gives that he gets that extra option running running the channels uh, which Whitehall tends not to do but like you said he is that middle man um, and yeah I mean I don't think anyone will left that stadium thinking they didn't deserve that draw watcher a second half. yeah um, no. I mean, if not more, they, the second half we just completely shut off. Um, and again, like I said earlier, fair play to Boston for actually having a go because it just, I think it exploited our weaknesses. And I think it's the kick up the ass that we needed, and we've still managed to get a point from it. Um, yeah, you're right. Just, I mean, yeah, we, we want to win nice games, yeah, we want to win games, Marco, but ultimately, it's, it's a, we're a point better off than we was you know, before three o'clock on, on Saturday. On the other side of the coin, Tamworth got another win, two two kind of late goals. They now go two points clear and we're recording this. It's now 10 past seven on Tuesday night. They play in, in about half an hour's time and, you know, depending on the result of that, they could either go five clear or, you know, Warrington could give them a bit of a tonking and they, you know, it could be that they're only two clear and their their goal difference comes down. So we re- a lot rests on tonight, I think, because if if Tamworth do lose tonight, I feel like we we've got way more than enough time to catch up and then push on. We could even be ahead of them by the time we play them on the twentieth. Really, that's not beyond the realms of possibility. But it all depends on what happens tonight. Because if we if they win tonight, suddenly it could be five points before we've even kicked off on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I've always liked Warrington. Uh, yeah, I'm a big, yeah. big fan. Big so. big fan of Warrington. Um, <laughs> I home think, and away. Yeah, like if you'd have asked me five six years ago when I was watching Scunthorpe, <laughs> and he said uh, you're going to be watching Warrington versus Tamworth. 
<laughs> on a Tuesday night to make sure that you stay top of National League North. It's grim, mate. It's grim. Yeah, it's strange. So that's that's my evening, which is uh, exciting. But yeah, I know it's we're about halfway point now. Um, we're in touching distance. Like I said, tonight seems to be a big one in the sense where if Tamworth get that win, it's the gap, and I think mentally that that's a big one, um, especially when we're going to be playing them so soon. Um, really looking forward to that one. I think it's going to be a cracker. Um, but I'm uh, taking at least my comfort bias out. Fair play to a, a part-time team. Um, they are relentless. Just when you think yeah. we've lost, I mean, the last six, seven games, I think four or five of them have gone one nil down. We've all yeah. got our up. Um, but they I just know. keep grinding results. Getting, I know a few have been penalties. Like I said, I'm really be watching the highlights. I'm not that invested. <laughs> I'll see you tonight, but. Um, yeah, fair play to Tam. And I suppose it keeps us on our toes, um, but we've got someone going head to head with us. Yeah. Well, I, you know, as you know, I do try and keep up to date and try and consume as much of the football around us as I can. Tamworth are a really, really well disciplined team. Um, I know it's such a cliche, and anyone could say that without having taken anything in. You know, if they're at the top of the table, they're obviously going to have an element of discipline. But it seems to me that. Yeah, when they have a game plan, they're able to action it out. And the thing about Tamworth that has really impressed me is they've rotated formations this season. They haven't kind of taken, you know, like with us, I feel like with us, we play our way at home and we play our way away from home. And that's that. And teams either have to adapt to us or will, you know, can be quite dominant at times. But Tamworth seem to have a bit more of a pragmatic approach. And, you know, for as you say, for a part-time team, I feel like... um Tactically, they're very, they're on the ball, should we say. Um, Warrington, probably haven't watched as much of. I've tried to keep up. They've, they've, they're a good team, Warrington. Obviously, we saw them earlier on in the season and, and we struggled to break them down. Again, defensively, quite a tight team. I've got a funny feeling tonight. So, as I say, we're about half an hour before kickoff. I think Warrington are, are going to get something from the game and I'm even going to go as far to say as Warrington will win tonight, I think. That's my prediction. I hope you're right, yeah. Well, I do. Optimistic Barry. This podcast is going to come out. Yeah, I think Warrington win. I'm going to say, when you guys are listening to this, Warrington have won 2-0 and it's happy days. But in reality, we're going to be five points. Well, why don't you say Tamworth win and then we've covered all bases? One of us will be right. Mystic Meg. Mystic Meg, indeed. (laughs) So, before... Well, I kind of wanted to speak to you about the two low knees that have been with a club. But before we mention those, so I'm, I'm speaking about Connor Smith and uh, Jenkins, but the, before we mention them, we had a statement, another statement over the Christmas period, and there's a few things to unpack in there. But the main thing really was a detail that came out that the club are actually under a transfer embargo. Now, I think some fans suspected this, but it hadn't kind of been confirmed by the club. So to see that in black and white was maybe a little bit alarming for some fans. How did you react to the news? Yeah, of course. So when you read that, you automatically think like, oh, shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I went back to where we was. We thought we was over the sort of embargoes and not being able to sign players. Um, so, yeah, since then, obviously, words came out explaining it. Um, with the players that we bought in and the wages that we've bought in, it sort of was to be expected. Um, well, the money, the financial situation we was in. We knew how bad it was. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I don't think it is a surprise to anyone. Uh, but like you said, reading it 
in black and white is a bit concerning. Um, but I'd sooner them be upfront and honest. Um, I don't think it'll affect us too much because I couldn't really see anybody coming in in January anyway. Yeah. Um, I know you're going to mention the loans with Smith and stuff. So, Well, yeah, because the loans were kind of run into January, again, this hasn't been confirmed by the club, but it's my expectation then that that the players will return to the clubs and we you know we won't have an opportunity to renew that loan so again I might end up with egg on my face here but I'm kind of working off the assumption that Jenkins and uh, Smith will go back to their respective clubs Leeds and was it Hearts I think we'll go back yeah. to their clubs and ultimately we're left then to kind of to, to go with what we've got now again doesn't surprise me and kind of backs up my belief then the fact that Pew's been brought back you know, he could have again. He could have stayed at Hereford, but the fact he's come back into the fold kind of cements what I believe. And then it wouldn't surprise me if we actually saw uh, Dion Semby Ferris come back. I, I kind of wouldn't rule that one out if we if we do end up like out wide. I think you know he's been playing really well for Peterborough Sports. He is still a Scunthorpe United player, so you know I th- I, th- I could see that happening before the end of the season. What are your yeah. thoughts? Hundred uh, percent, Jenkins. Without being harsh, I wouldn't even notice. Yeah, if gone back, uh, I had I had high hopes because uh, a lot of my friends are Leeds fans. They said he's a lot of better. He's a better player than National League North, but we didn't get a chance to see no. that. They all but, say that though, don't they? Whenever you look well, at the comments, the of the of develop- yeah. yeah, when we're playing in these development teams, um, they get very hyped. Um, they're playing on perfect pitches. We've got no fans. It's easy to look good without without signing. We've we've had a lot of them. Um, I remember when we signed um, Earl Muller from Southampton. Really high rated. Never yeah. took off. Um, and I mean, he was a big prospect for them. Yeah. Um, look what's happened. I think he's playing at Hartlepool now. Mm. Um, so yeah. But on the other hand, Smith has impressed. Um, it, it reminds me of sort of the actor. Low, yeah, ground running. Um, he's got goals to his game. He's got assists. He's direct. He's someone which I would like to keep. But on the other hand, sort of, if you sit back, look at our financial situation, we've got players in that position. Uh, we've probably we can probably cover that position four or five times. Um, does it make financial sense to be keeping him at the club beyond our means? I'd say no. I don't think it's the end of the world if he goes back. I still think we're in the same situation. In an ideal world, we keep him because I think he's been a really big part and a good part of what we're doing. Um, yeah, I'd be sad to see him go because I think we'll see him again um, at a high level for sure. Yeah, so, he's, yeah. He's, a, he's a decent player. He's the, he's the one that I think we will miss. As I say, I think he's a bit... I think we'd be expecting a lot of Semby Ferris to come in and fill that hole. But... Uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we did see him brought back into the fold, back to the club yeah, at some fair. point before the end of the season. Yeah. And would and you be a, comfortable with that? 100%. Yeah, he's a Jimmy Dean man. Um, he, he knows all about him. He knows what he's what he's good at. He's been from, again, I don't watch Peter Sports, but every now and again I see on Twitter he's had a good game. He's um, He's been playing game. really well, Marco. He's, yeah. he's, yeah. he's in a good, good run of form again. And, you know, obviously we did sign him in the National League last season but this is kind of the top end of his level I would yeah, think he, exactly. he looks good at this level he looks he, he looks in his element um, yeah. maybe I don't want to say the fans you know the, the fact that we have so many 
fans compared to what he might be used to playing with. I don't know if that's a factor, but certainly at a team like Peterborough Sports, it seems to suit him perfectly. Yeah. I'd love to see him come back and kind of um, slowly but surely put back into the first team because I do feel like come the back five, six, seven games, he could be crucial really in getting. Was a player. There. You can tell yeah. he's a player, with his, but I think he's really raw, uh, which I think like what I've learned is a good thing for him. Um, you can see his pace. He, uh, he looked a little bit lightweight last year, um, but obviously he was coming into a really bad situation. Yeah. Um, so you can't really go off that. But yeah, to me, to me, we, we are covered. I mean, say Smith goes, we can still start games with Laws and Roberts. Uh, either flank, which is fantastic. One yeah. gets injured, we can put Elliot. The other gets injured, we can put Wilson. We've got four wingers there. If, that's if Smith goes back, and that's without Semi Ferris. Because um, I think I think we've got to a point now where we are we are going to have to count Elliot as a winger. Um, yeah. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he he isn't going to be that focal point. But I know we had him on the podcast, didn't we? When I listened to that, he sort of he just he was happy to be in the team. Um, whether that was out wide or up front, but I, I know he said he wanted to be through the middle, ideally. Yeah. Um, but he's effective out wide. Um, he, he's a striker, though. He's he is number nine. Like he scored thirty-two really goals. Yeah, he yeah. scored thirty-two goals for Boston playing through yeah. the middle. He, you're making you're kind of accommodating Whitehall by putting him out wide. But if you've got two, it, it's difficult because Whitehall could never play out wide. So it's. So he couldn't do that job. Whereas yeah. Elliot's got both ability. But yeah, like I said, like I've just said there, we've got two wingers either side for both positions. I know you can't yeah. really rely on um, Roberts too much with his injury record. Um, <laughs> but he can, but touch wood. Um, the last few games, he seems to. I mean, every time he touched the ball on that Farsley pitch, I winced because I thought yeah. all it takes is one jarring of the knee or. <laughs> A late tackle because he's one of those players you just want to put in. But that was not. I mean, that was not a Roberts game. I know yeah. after the interview, uh, Jimmy Dean's after, after the game, after the game, the Jimmy Dean interview said wasn't really a game for Butterfield. But I feel like that should uh, Roberts should have also came under that category. Yeah, the the problem is because Roberts hasn't played. It's like his first couple of games back, and you're resting him already, and. I think I think that's more what it was really. So we're we're we've just passed the halfway point. Uh, if I was to ask you to give us a half season review, Marco, where would you kind of rate our performance versus expectation at this point? Ooh. I'd go eight out of ten. I feel like we we're there or thereabouts, aren't we? I mean, if you'd have asked this last week, we were top of the league. Everything was sorry. Rainbows, flowers. Everyone was everyone was content. We was we was yeah. on track. Um, just the blip on on the Saturday just gone, and obviously with Tamworth winning, it, it's so small. But it, the bigger picture, it's changed everything. Because yeah. like you said, tonight we could be five points behind. Uh, so yeah, I mean, let's. I don't think we're being. Uh, I don't know the word. I think like not ungrateful is the word. Because look where we were. So to be second in the league, I know it's the National League North. Um, we are, we've still got every chance of winning this league. And I still think we will. Yeah. If, if we were second in a division where three teams go up automatically, we'd be having a completely different conversation. Yeah, we'd laugh but but it's, a ball it's shit or bust, isn't it? Yeah, literally. And especially with, obviously, the previous owners, the, the, not the mess, but the squad that has been assembled. Um mm. 
I think it's reliant on us being promoted this year. I know uh, a lot of the directors have said they want us to be sustainable um, going forward. And obviously, the new sponsor of the stadium is great. Uh, but that contributes a big fact, factor towards that. But I think that all goes out the window if we don't go up this year. Yeah, that's right. I think yeah. it's when, when we do panic. Because another year in this league, um, you maybe lose a thousand of the home attendance. I know mm. I don't sound right, it, it will be. It'll be about a thousand. You, you bang on the money. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what yeah. I've I've said to people at the club. Yeah. You know, in the far away ends. Yeah. Um, I, I think we would be in trouble. Like you said, I think it is shit or bust. I don't want to sound too dramatic, but going up this year is paramount. Yeah, what well, I didn't mean shit or bust like the club's going to go out of business if we no, don't win the league. No, what I mean is we either need impact. to win the league or it's very unlikely we're going up. You know, there's seven teams in that playoff spot. Like, we win the league or we've got a 15% yeah. chance of going up. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's scary. So, really yeah. scary. That's what I mean. But uh, a couple of other things come out of the club. Um, I won't say controversial topics, but split the fan base. One was the stadium wrap. So... This, this news came out yesterday, was that obviously announced on, on Saturday, the stadium will now be called the Attis Arena. And the kind of stadium wrap that goes around the entrance of the, the stadium as you come in currently is decorated with, you know, pictures of recent-ish memories, promotions and um, finals and all the rest of it. Of course, the news that that's going to be effectively taken down and replaced with corporate signing and sponsorship and all the rest of it. Split the fan base. Some were disappointed to see the pictures, our kind of pictures of our success gone down. And then on the other side of the coin, of course, we need all the money we can get. Revenue is revenue. We need anything we can get at this point. Where did you sit on the argument? Yeah. I mean, we've got bigger problems, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but I, again, like you said, it splits it splits the defence. I, I can see... Attis, I can see them, them wanting the rap to be their own. Um, I can see fans' side because it's our history um, and it's all good times, which, let's be honest, recently we haven't had that many. So it's yeah. nice to remember the good ones. Um, I feel like a solution would be for Attis to still do their, to have their sort of cladding around the stadium, but just include some some more memories uh, yeah. to keep them, on, put all their logos on uh, and whatnot. Keep the discomfort feel about it, um, because the last thing they want to do is sort of piss off the whole fan base mm. uh, on day one, just putting by putting their own sort of sponsorship on it. I feel like it's something very small that can be avoided with just common sense. The, th- the thing is, as you say, you quite rightly say they've they've all spent a significant amount of money, That's which they've I wouldn't say they've given it away for free, but the naming rights for stadium, you know, it's it's definitely a there's more benefit to the club than there is to the business. Um, I, sh- I would say that. And if they have given a significant sum of money, which I'm led to believe they have, then they're going to want something in return. It's I suppose it's not unreasonable to expect, you know, that they get good signage over the stadium. But me personally would like to see some memories kept, would like to see some kind of pictures, some kind of celebration of the club. Uh, I think that's something, as you've just alluded to as well, we need to, make sure we're not having a clean break from from everything that's gone past because although the very recent times haven't been so good, the last 10, 15 years haven't been that bad. I've been quite successful the last 20 years, in fact. You know, Scunthorpe played and led to believe in the championship, although it never gets mentioned. But, um, you know, but on seriously, 
you know, these these are the, the best days of our lives. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And I, I, I do get fans being miffed off. I hundred And me being one of them also, because you want to keep that. But I just feel like mm. a really simple si- scenario is to include Viati sponsors and new cladding with the same memories on. But just, it, it needs it does need updating. The ground yeah. is very dated. Any work that can be done to it, whether that's through sponsorships or whatever, it needs doing. But yeah. we do need to keep that core of our history. Like you said, mm-hmm. recently, shambles. But previously, we have been... Again, like you said, everyone says it's one of the best run clubs in, in England. And we have. We've been sustainable. We've been successful. The Newcastle Knights, the Wembley wins, everything. And that they can't be forgotten about. So it's it's a weird one. And I just hope we find a solution where everyone's happy. Yeah, absolutely. This is the part of the podcast we'd usually do, Hero, Idiot, a moment of the week. Obviously, there's just yourself and myself this week. So I'm a hero. A bit... Yeah, you are my hero. You're the <laughs> only one who didn't bail... Um, so <laughs> ra- rather, yeah, man. Rather than doing that, I thought we'd just have a chat about things that are going on in the world, sporting world, or or otherwise. Anything that caught your attention this week? I'll kick us off if that's okay. It was the uh, Wrexham Shrewsbury match? Uh, did you see this? I did. Yeah. So it was a. Was it, I'm sure it was an FA Cup match. Yeah. And yeah, Derby apparently. Which Darby, I don't know how that <laughs> Honest to God, mate. So Shrewsbury are playing at home. Well, do you know it is only thirty miles from each other? But is it really? what, yeah, it is quite close. I can see why it's counted as a derby. It's 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 not far at all. But the right. problem is that they were also counting um, Newport as a derby, which is like right. one hundred and fifty miles away or something. So <laughs> who who isn't a derby if you <laughs> if you uh, wreck them? So yeah, it was after the game. Paul Mullin fist pumping the crowd, which whatever. But then the Wrexham official Twitter account saying, you know, Shrewsbury's big day out and ugh, just behave. Just get in your bloody, you get, get in your that. lane, boys. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about social media accounts doing that, it's especially official club ones. Everyone's right. a comedian, mate, aren't they? Yeah, no, especially with the Hollywood. But, but, they're very easy to hate already and yeah. don't help themselves. But yeah, I quite like the back and forth, but yeah, not for me. But... Anything else that took your uh, took fancy this week? Uh, I've got one where, I don't know if you saw me, but it was a 16-year-old playing darts. He, he's never 16. <laughs> uh, I thought we've got to mention it because it was the talk of the country. Good um, grief, yeah. Massive. I mean, it's very rare I watch darts. I, I don't mind. I've been a few times, but mainly for the jolly up. Um, but watching Lou Lou were fantastic. And uh, yeah, it's a shame he didn't win. Um, but yeah, they were brilliant. And just the hype. I mean, you've got to be careful to not ruin him because you, you forget. Yeah. He, I know he doesn't look 16, but he is. He is yeah. a champ. Um, I know he said he's spending his money on FIFA points which says all you need to know, not house yeah. or anything. Um, but yeah, so that was great. Um, I, I love man. it when when stuff like that inspires people as well. Not Because like I'm not a massive darts fan, but I got caught up in it. And it, oh, I even bought tickets to, I've bought tickets to watch the darts in Germany when we're over for the Euros in the summer now, on I the back of that. it. Well, you're not invited, you see, but oh, me, right. Gareth, Max, and a few others are going, but you're, you're not kind of invited. Oh, right, so, okay. Right. Yeah, sorry about that. 
don't know what heartbroken is in German. <laughs> but yeah, no, so, <laughs> oh God, it just sounds aggressive. <laughs> so yeah, that's brilliant. But my, this was going to be my moment, and I cannot stop watching it. I cannot stop telling people about it. Sir Patrick Bamford's goal against Peterborough. It yeah. is genuinely, and I cannot. I mean, I love him, but I cannot stress this enough. It has to be mentioned in one of the best goals in the last 10 years. Yeah, it was outrageous. It was unheard of. Like, he, he's at least two feet in the air when he takes that down on his chest. Yeah. To then hit that on the swivel was absolutely mind-blowing. And somebody I read in today saying he's a bit of a confidence player. like, yeah, no shit. He's absolutely yeah. a confidence player. So I hope he has a good season now because... Uh, He's had a lot of hammer off late times. I uh, think he's only scored. He's only scored two goals in nine months or something yeah, like that. I was last, reading. And those are in his last two games with his last two starts. Jesus. So he, needs to, he needs to start. And uh, yes, that would be my moment. But yes, we've, uh, we've had quite a few months since we've last done a pod. Yeah. And anything else you wanted to talk about? Is that you, Don? Not for me. Not with sports. Yeah. Right. A couple of, we'll just rattle on this. We'll go on. What? No, I'm going to say, you need to mention the, uh, what got announced this morning regarding... Yes, it's on, it's on the list, don't worry. We, we're not just slamming this all together. Oh, that's all we, could... we could talk about lists, what's happened. Or can we not talk about that? Lists? I'm about so... an island. Ooh, didn't I see <laughs> your name on there? <laughs> I think I saw Marco Polita on that list. <laughs> just, just under Stephen Hawking's. Take me to the island. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're getting cancelled again. Right, so it's not appropriate to mention the next thing now. It's like the the, the shift in tone, so we're going to have to put a buffer in there. So next yeah. is the the iron stats of the week. Uh, we've got three this week. So uh, Danny Elliott has now been involved in ten goals for the iron this season. That's seven goals, three assists. Uh, nine goal involvements in his 12 starts, an average of 96 minutes per goal or assist. The Iron remain unbeaten in eight league games, the best run since October to December 2019. And the final stat for you, as brought to you by Iron Stats, is that Scunthorpe United are now unbeaten in nine league home matches, which is the best run since December 2015 to January 2017, where we went 26 games unbeaten at home. And we're all doom and gloom, like we are. Yeah. Like we've lost a game. Yeah. We're beating in nine, but it's just fucking Tamworth. Yeah. <laughs> I know, mate. Right, we've got five minutes before Zoom kicks us off because oh, we are wow. cheapskates and don't pay for the uh, <laughs> premium subscription. So, just gives us enough time to mention something quite serious, really. That's that's going on at the moment. So, there's a fundraiser going on at the moment for for Evie, who unfortunately has recently been diagnosed with a brain tumor. Now, Evie is from from Scunthorpe, and I know a few people who are kind of know her parents and um, are kind of involved in in some way. And this fundraiser now is getting on for having raised about four thousand pounds. And we've teamed up. The I and Our podcast have now teamed up with Kurt and Lindsay over. 30s again to have another charity football match and this time we are going to be raising as much money as possible for the Sheffield Children's Hospital for Evie okay so that game is going to take place on February the 25th and as I say it's us versus Curtin Lindsay over 30 so a rematch from from the game where we beat them back in the last year I can't even remember the score was it 6-5 I think I think it was 5-4 5-4 
I don't know. I got taken away by the Titanic music from yeah. Scott. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. So um, we look forward to that. We've we've now I think basically got a full team. What's full? We would like anyone to get involved in any way they can, if they can help publicise it, share it. If anyone from the club could even help us promote it in some way, we would be most grateful, really. Um, it goes without saying, but for, from everyone here at the podcast, and I'm pretty sure from everyone at Scunthorpe United, our thoughts are really with Evie and her family at the moment. So that's that's how we'll probably finish today. But up the iron and all the best. Oh, yeah.